welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Joined today by Avi Gupta, the president and CEO of SmartZip Analytics. As a member of SmartZip's founding team in 2008, Avi has been instrumental in every aspect of SmartZip's growth and leads the company as its president and CEO. He brings nearly 20 years of technology experience to the role, holds a PhD in computer science and engineering from the University of Michigan a master's from UC Berkeley, and a bachelor's from IIT India, where he won the President of India gold medal. Avi joins us today to discuss how SmartZip technology works to predict which houses in the neighborhood will sell, and then helps you to automatically market to those homeowners. You might think of this almost as a crystal ball for listings, and Avi joins us today to help us understand why this technology is so important for agents and how it all works. Now, Let's welcome Avi to the call as we join our host, Tim Harris. So, listeners, you guys know that we have a list of the companies that I try to pursue for interviews to be on the radio show, and then there's the long list of show, uh, companies that are pursuing us to be on the show. And I always am 100% transparent with you guys about the companies that have solicited us versus the companies that we pursue. And uh, SmartZip is right at the top of the list of the companies that we like to have on the radio show. Why? It's very simple. Because they are, A, helping you guys take listings, and, B, they've got a very proven, innovative way to target those sellers. So when you're listening to today's interview, I want you to be thinking about what you're going to be doing for 2015 in your quest, as all of you should be having this quest, to become listing agents. And certainly moving as far away from the idea of ever buying buyer leads again, focusing almost all your best efforts every day on becoming a listing agent. Now, Smart Zip, what we're going to be talking about, I know a lot of you guys are already subscribers, especially coaching students. And that's great. So what Avi and I are going to be focusing on is on the technology, on how we came up with the concept, because I was learning a little bit about it in our virtual green room prior to today's show. But also what I want you guys to hear, and I want you really to drill down on, is how to get the most of this innovative technology. So Avi, welcome to today's radio show, and thank you for being my co-host. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Tim. appreciate it very much. Uh, glad to be here, and thank you for the glowing introduction. Oh, you're welcome. So let's talk a little bit. You know, it's interesting. I didn't know this about you, but you were an active real estate investor, which obviously is novel amongst all of you guys that are in sort of these upstart companies that have gotten in the business the past few years of selling stuff to realtors. You actually have a real estate background, which I didn't know, which I think is worth talking about with our listeners. Let them know what you were involved in and are involved in. Well, like like most other uh, other companies, necessity is the mother of invention, as they say, right? So uh, I was an investor in residential real estate, trying to analyze properties across the nation and neighborhoods, uh, along with a with a consulting firm that I was working with. And then we realized, you know, why don't we do this in an automated way? Why don't we bring this to the internet? Why don't we help everybody in the U.S. and abroad uh, try and do the same thing, which is, you know, analyze which markets, which properties might be better investments for the long run. And hence, the, the whole idea of real estate analytics sort of germinated from that one sort of desire. And then, of course, as startups go, you know, one thing led to another, and here we are trying to help agents and brokers get more listings. 
Well, so let's talk about, let's just dive, do a deep dive into the actual concept of the technology. Let them know uh, and disclose as many of the, cert, the variables that you guys look for to ascertain who's the most likely seller. And I realize you're not going to want to give away the secret sauce, but as much as your witchcraft and alchemy <laughs> you care to share, please go ahead and do so. What are the things that you guys look for? Uh, and it, well, You know what? I'm making some assumptions. Let's tell them what SmartZip does, and then if you could just jump into that second question, that would be great. Sure, sure. Uh, so SmartZip is in the business of using using analytics, which is mathematics and statistics, to help agents and brokers get more listings. And um, uh, fundamentally, we call this predictive analytics. What that really means is, much like our own intuition, as, as people, you know, as we get experience in life, we start to have intuition, which is basically looking at historical experiences and trying to predict what might happen in the future. Much like that, what, what particular analytics does essentially is look at a lot of history, look at data on homes and homeowners and community and jobs and population and school ratings and crime and, you know, environmental factors, uh, et cetera. Look at all that going back in time and try and sort of analyze or identify what are the reasons that somebody sold their home in the last six months, you know, one year, two years, et cetera. Go back in time, identify patterns and reasons why somebody listed a house. And then you apply that going forward to say, okay, now let's take this, this neighborhood or this territory and let's like, you know, apply the same reasons and triggers going forward. And then you would come up with sort of a ranked list of people that are more likely to sell than others in the next 6 to 12 months. So predictive uh, analytics all about using history to predict the future. It's not, it's not, it's not magic. Uh, or it's, it's basically science looking at lots of data points, uh, analyzing them in a very automated way, you know, through what we call machine learning and, and, and big data algorithms, and then sort of being able to identify what might happen in the future. And this is, as you said, proven. And what proven means in this context is when you're looking at history and you've, you've, you've analyzed the reasons and the triggers why, why somebody listed a home in the recent past, you can then go back in time and prove your analytics. You can say, okay, let's, let's go back one year and um, you know, see what we would have predicted using our uh, algorithms. Um, and then we, we compare that against what actually happened in the last 12 months, and then that will give you an idea of how good your predictions can be. And that's really what the proven uh, aspect of it is. It's sort of called backtesting. You're going back in time. You're testing your predictions versus actual sales and listings, and that gives you a measure of how accurate you can be in that market. Does that make sense? And then it also gives you an opportunity to go back there and tweak the – uh, you know, the software, in essence, to basically be more accurate, I'm sure, you know, looking for the, the patterns that didn't play out versus the ones that did and trying to go back constantly and, and you know, analyzing how to get more accurate. But, you know, Avi, this is, you know, real estate coaching radio. We're going to have to do a drill down on what you just said. I want to hear specific, uh, what, are the, what are the types of things that you see uh, that you look for, that your, you know, your guys' uh, software essentially searches out? What are the types of uh, signs that someone's the most likely to sell seller. Give us some specifics. Sure. So let's look at, uh, you know, the, first of all, what goes into this sort of, you know, the, this magic box, if you will. First of all, we've got data on every home in the U.S. We've got about a 95 million residential properties. We've got, you know, their attributes. We've got every single transaction that's, 
taken place on these homes going back, you know, at least 10 years in most markets, sometimes 20 years back in history. Um, we've got loan information, not just new purchase loans, but refinances. So we've got information on what is the, you know, what is the mortgage rate was, you know, how much was taken out, what's the balance today, um, et cetera. We've got now data on people living inside those houses. We've got, you know, what we call demographic insights on, on uh, household owners, how many kids they may have, um, you know, what, the, what ethnicity they might be, what's their profession, what's their education level, what's their asset to debt ratio, uh, what are the age ranges of people in the household, uh, how many cars they own, what kind of cars they own. So you know, all kinds of stuff on people living inside the houses. And then you've got oh, sort of let, higher let, level... Let, let, let me ask a question. So, I, I, sure. I mean, I, this, this, is, this is fantastic. I love it. So you said something that I thought was very interesting. How many cars they own and what kind of cars they own. So talk, can you drill down on that specific thing? I mean, we can pick any of the things you said, but that one in particular, mostly because I like cars. But aside from that, <laughs> what, what, how would that... Be? How how would that bear into the decision or into the analytics when it came to actually ascertaining whether or not they were, were where they are possibly and getting ready to sell? Help me understand. You'll be surprised. So when you when when you actually start running the math, you'll be surprised what factors actually bubble up to the top as to what you know what might make somebody sell their home. And sometimes there's there you know just anecdotally there there are some statistics and studies done on. People who buy cars, they buy them within a certain window of either having just sold their house or having just bought a new one. Um, so they, you know, by itself, it may not be the, the only reason, but put together with another 10, 20 other uh, you know, reasons, uh, you know, owning a car or the right kind of a car might actually make somebody sell, you know, be more likely to sell their home. Uh, in a given neighborhood, now, every neighborhood is different. You know, we've all heard the, heard the cliche, you know, real estate is local. It is, in fact, hyper-local. What that means is, Every neighborhood has different reasons why somebody might list or sell their house. And even in the same neighborhood, I, I live in, um, in the Bay Area in, in southern, you know, San Jose, and the reasons why somebody might be selling in my neighborhood today versus what might trigger a sale six months down the road may be completely different. The housing market might have turned. Uh, my neighborhood might have gone from being a buyer's market to a seller's market. School ratings might be changing. You know, suddenly, let's say the principal of the school left, and, you know, uh, and, and the ratings in the school system have started to go down the hill. Uh, you know, crime might be going up. Uh, you know, some something else might be happening. There might be a new generation of people sort of coming into the neighborhood. Uh, migration patterns, for example. So the reasons why somebody might sell their home in the neighborhood uh, differ from market to market, from you know, from time to time. And and the whole purpose of what we do is to use automation, use uh, sort of science to uh, you know sort of extract and elicit out those factors amongst 2,000 different attributes. We've got, as I was saying, we've got about 2,000 different uh, you know, uh, attributes in every home and homeowner in the U.S. Uh, now, it's not always the case that 2,000 factors matter, but try to figure out within those 2,000, what are the 10 or 20 most important ones? I mean, that requires some, some automation, that requires some, some science, and that's where we come in is, you know, we've got all this data. We keep it up to date on a on a daily, weekly, monthly, sometimes hourly basis. And then our our math essentially automatically figures out in a neighborhood at a time what are the reasons that somebody might be selling the house. Okay, so you said there. You did say there were ten or twenty. I think may you may have mentioned all of them. But off the top of your head, just for the sake of listeners understanding really how in depth you guys do this study. Uh, what are the do you, what are the top say ten that come to mind, or wh- however many you can remember off the top of your head, that you are are the most truest uh, predictors? Yeah, it, it, I, you cannot generalize this, but I can I can rattle off a few top of mind. Uh, you know, of course, you know how long you live in the house combined with 
how many kids you might have combined with the square footage of the house, combined with, you know, what are the other types of people moving into that neighborhood, uh, you know, together with, you know, are the school ratings going in a certain direction, um, along with, you know, what's your asset to debt ratio? Have you recently just come under, you know, uh, come into equity on that particular property? And by how much? You know, in certain market, a 5% equity might trigger off a sale. In another market, then, you know, people might sell after they've gotten 30% equity. In one market, people might sell, uh, you know, after four years in a house. In another market, it may be, you know, eight years in a house. In a college town, it might be two years in a house. So these are just, I would say, you know, some of some um, sample uh, characteristics. Uh, but each one has so many nuances to it, trying to figure out what value for that characteristic makes a difference in one neighborhood versus another. Only math can do that. You know, human mind is not able to sort of fathom that uh, uh, automatically. Okay. I think help? you've... I- you know, it does. I mean, I understand conceptually what you're saying, and I appreciate the fact that you were really, you know, making it clear that there's not one answer. I was maybe trying to get you towards one answer, but the fact is, is it depends on an area. Where you live is probably different than where I live. You know, maybe where I live in Austin, people are going to be, you know, staying in houses longer, but where you live, because there's this hyper-appreciation that goes on, you guys might buy and sell more frequently, and you look for other triggers. Maybe, say, for example, someone was living in a neighborhood where there were a lot of, you know, I don't know, pickup trucks or Toyota Camrys, and all of a sudden, you guys see that someone just bought a Bentley. Well, there's probably a good sign that that person's not going to be staying in that neighborhood. I mean, I'm probably using extreme examples, but that conceptually is what I think you're describing, yes? Absolutely, yeah. So... Uh, two, two points to note here is one is you can never tell what exact reasons might be at play unless you have all the data to go, to go by. And secondly, those reasons change from time to time. Uh, but it's never, it's never more than, you know, 10 or 15, 20 factors, but trying to figure out which 10 or 20 matter, that's a tall order. Uh, because, you, you know, you start off with, with you know, over you know, 2,000 different uh, factors and and what we've done is we've built um, you know, a library of over 150 different statistical models uh, to fit each type of neighborhood around the U.S. Because every neighborhood is different, as I said. So one size doesn't fit all. We can't just build one model, one you know, analytical model, and assume that it will, it will serve every nation, every uh, neighborhood in the nation. You've got to now go off and tune your analytics to different types of you know, neighborhoods. Now, there, aren't, you know, there are 95 million homes in the U.S., that doesn't mean that you know uh, every home is in a very unique neighborhood. We have clustered uh, these homes um, around the U.S. into different sort of our own definition of a neighborhood, and we have identified about 150 different analytical models that can service you know all these neighborhoods pretty well to a high degree of accuracy. Um, and I think you know to to carry on your thought a little forward. Um, it's not just the house characteristics that matter. It's also the people characteristics, right? So, you know, the, the age of people living in the household, how many kids they may have, uh, and, uh, you know, what are the age ranges of those kids? Uh, what are, um, you know, what are the asset to debt ratio of the people? Sometimes even things like what, what hobbies you might have and what are your reading interests also may, may, uh, may trigger off, uh, you know, likelihood to sell. Uh, but again, it's never one factor. It's a combination of different uh, factors. And, uh, you know, our job, the, the job of the models and the math that we put together is to help figure that out on a neighborhood-by-neighborhood basis. Okay, so moving forward, someone decides that they want to be a subscriber of SmartZip. On average, what does your average user pay per month? You know, the pricing is, uh, is set in a way that in most neighborhoods, uh, one listing or less will break even on the program. So, um, you know, if you're in a neighborhood like San Francisco, where the median home price is a million dollars versus a neighborhood, I think, where you are, you know, near Austin, Texas, 
uh, or just on Texas, uh, where the median home price may be $300,000, and I, I'm just throwing a number out there, uh, the pricing varies. Um, so, and, and the reason we do that is we want to make sure that the agents have uh, you know, ROI in their head that relates to their commission income. So in most cases, agents get, let's say, 2% uh, in their pocket on the sale of a house. So if you're talking about a million-dollar house, you get about $20,000 in commissions. If you're talking about a $300,000 house, you get about $6,000 in commissions. And the way our pricing works is typically one listing or less in San Francisco will be less than a listing that will pay, pay for the program. Um, so back to your question, so how's, how does pricing uh, vary? So it's typically a fact combination of like three things. One is, of course, the median home price in the, in the market uh, for good reason. Uh, the second one is how many homes you choose to license. Now, Many of the programs, people are forced to, you know, take a zip code. And we found that zip codes don't define people. They don't define neighborhoods. So we let the, uh, you know, our client here, we let them pick and choose their neighborhood. They can customize it down to the street level. They can say that, okay, I want all homes on the left side of this freeway, you know, up to this sort of expressway. Uh, and you know, on the north side and the south side, I want it bounded by these roads. So they can basically customize their neighborhood down to uh, the street level. And depending on how many homes fall within that selected neighborhood, that also defines uh, you know, how much uh, fees the program will cost them. And the third aspect of pricing is the amount of marketing. Now, marketing uh, is, is up to an individual, but we have recommended uh, you know, campaigns and, and, uh, and the volume of campaigns, but we let uh, the agent sort of pick and choose how much marketing they want to do against it. Um, marketing for us, um, and I, we can talk about it later, but it's a combination of direct mail marketing, digitized handwritten letters, online advertising, which is very unique, Facebook ads, and, of course, email. Um, it's a combination of those four or five different types of marketing across multiple channels. And depending on how much of each you choose, that will also define uh, you know, how much uh, the program will cost you. So those are the three well, so, levers of the program. That makes sense. So, uh, again, listeners, this is you know, I have lots of coaching students use these guys. So basically, uh, without – I mean, they have – I don't want to oversimplify it, but in essence, you get a list of the folks in your area that are most likely to move, and then you can um, – they have marketing material, postcards and whatnot, that's already produced, and you can have them do your direct mail for you. He, had, he mentioned Facebook ads, and he also mentioned um, – what was the other thing you mentioned? Uh, online Email. ads, display ads. Email. Yeah, Email, yeah. of course. So you ultimately are in control how much money you want to spend uh, essentially trying to attract those sellers to you. So with all that said, of all of our coaching students that use SmartZip, the ones that are most effective at actually getting return on their investment are the ones that go and knock on the door or the ones that actually make direct contact with the seller and they don't wait around for their passive marketing and advertising to get that phone call or to get that lead to actually raise their hand and say, yes, I'm serious. So existing coaching students, you've heard this from all of, you know, your coach telling you that, and I think, hopefully, Avi's going to back me up with what I'm saying when he explores the best practices of his you know, subscribers, that those are the folks that get the best results. And feel free not to agree with me. That's fine, Avi. It makes for a better radio show. <laughs> no, I, no, not this time around, Tim. But uh, I think you know, I like to think of it as high-tech, high-touch, right? Um, especially real estate. Real estate is a people's business. Um, I, as a homeowner... I don't think I'll, I'll, I'll list my house with, the, with an agent that sent me four or five postcards, right? I'll list, them, list my house with the agent that connects with me, that earns my trust, and that I, that I believe will do the best job for me. 
Uh, that's why the high touch is extremely important. Now, when high tech comes in, is us, right? We bring uh, focus, we bring uh, you know analytics, and we bring marketing automation to the table to help our clients focus in on the right people, people that are most likely to move. And that's a classic case of the 80-20 rule. Like most of us, I think 80-20 rule applies in, in most circumstances in life, right? And, and this is no different. What we do is we take your neighborhood, we analyze every home, we rank them based on their likelihood to sell over the next six to 12 months, and then we focus in on the top 20% of that list. We, we say, here are the 20% homes in your neighborhood that are most likely to move. Go focus on these 80%, uh, 20% homes. We'll give you air cover through automated marketing, online, offline, and social marketing, and you go off and do what you do best, which is develop that relationship, develop that trust, and, and sort of make sure that these homeowners know who you are and, uh, you know, and have the trust and, and respect for you to, to get the best possible price for the house. So it's a so combination you guys, of you high guys, tech, which is what we do. Go ahead. You, guys are the, you guys are the drones, and the agents are the foot soldiers. <laughs> Great way to put it. I'll use that next time. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's cool, though. But the point is, what you're saying is, ultimately, what uh, agents need to internalize. There is no magic bullet, guys. Uh, Avi just said it, you know, you can mail, 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 but at the end of the day, they're still going to list with the agent that they know. They're still going to list with the agent that they know personally, or at least have some level of personal connection with, most likely. When you guys have been cruising around in your neighborhoods, you know, or cruising around any, any neighborhood, and you see a, a, an agent sign in a yard, and you didn't even know that agent, or you knew that agent, but you didn't, you know, they're right clear across town, you wonder, how the heck did they get that listing? It was a personal relationship center of influence, past client contact, they knew them from something. So ultimately, what SmartZip does is it gives you a list of most likely to moves, and they do have some marketing, you know, the, the air support, as he said, to back you up. But at the end of the day, uh, those who are going to get the most bang for the buck uh, using SmartZip, or by the way, anything in life, are going to be the ones that go out and make the personal contact. I'll give you guys one of our um, – well, this is what we tell our, our, our students to do. And you guys can have this and use it to your, you know, in, in good health. You create a list of the buyers that either you are personally working with or the list of buyers that are either agents in your office are working with that are actively searching for properties. And you go and you literally start door knocking and obviously door knock the smart zip, the people on your smart zip list, hand the seller the flyer and say, these are the buyers that we're working with or if they're your buyers, I'm working with in the community. And um, I'm just basically, you know, canvassing the neighborhood, finding out if anyone's thinking about selling, or you or anyone you're thinking about selling, and then that's the start of a conversation. And then you end the conversation with asking their permission to stay in contact with them. Then, you know, you have left the door open. Maybe you offer them a more in-depth CMA, which, by the way, SmartZip does that for you automatically online. You could even, which would be great if the conversation was going well, you could even pivot and ask them if they've been receiving the mailers that you've been sending. And by the way, you can, you know, click on the link Mr. Seller, and you can go and have a CMA done on your property using my uh, my website. I've sent you that information in case that's of interest to you. So, Avi, you know, that's kind of the, the air support, as you say, is cool to talk about as far as the website and the online home valuation widget you guys offer. So if you don't mind, let's you and I pivot and talk about that. Sure, sure. So uh, back to the previous point, though, too, I just want to point out one um, interesting data point. Uh, the NAR does you know, member surveys every year, and uh, time and time again, they've found that when it comes to uh, home sellers, only about 3% of home sellers find their agent on the web. So the other 97%, which is pretty much everybody, um, looks to find agents 
through relationships, through referrals, and through people an agent that they know and, and respect and trust. So what that tells an agent is you've got to be out there, you've got to be building trust and relationship, and um, unless you do that, you will not succeed. Now, what, again, what SmartZip does for you is focus you in on the 20% that matter most. And by the way, these 20% will typically have two times like, you know, or, or more likely to sell. So you're not only spending your time and money where it matters most, but you're now spending your time and money on sort of a, a, a pool that's really rich in sellers. So, you know, if you were to shoot a dart now, you'd have two to three times likely to actually hit a, hit a gold or a jackpot. So we're giving you a density-rich uh, you know, opportunity pool, and we're also giving you, uh, you know, focus in, uh, you know, on the, on the right people plus marketing, you know, air cover, which I'll talk to you next. Um, and, and marketing these days is about multi-channels. You know, gone are the days where consumers were, you know, looking at, uh, you know, newspapers or they're looking at uh, park benches. Now this is this is the, this, this is the era where people are on Facebook most of the time, people are online most of the time. Um, and having said that, direct mail still gets you the biggest uh, lead gen, but you have to complement direct mail with, uh, you know, digital and social marketing. Now, if you look at websites like Zillow, for example, or, um, you know, search marketing, which is typically PPC, you know, pay-per-click lead gen, what these marketing channels do is wait for the consumer, in this case the homeowner, to come to either Google search or to come to Zillow.com. And then they sort of capture their lead and pass it on. What I call I call that reactive marketing because you are now waiting for the consumer to come to you. Um, instead, when we are trying to help you build a, a farm and grow your uh, dominance in a farm, you have to be proactive. And we've taken that proactive approach to the online marketing world as well. So in this case, what we do is once we know that this, you know, let's say John Adams at one to three Main Street is more likely to sell. We now go off and uh, take the name and address of John Adams, 103 Main Street. We match him to his internet browser cookie uh, to a third party. And then we are able to now show your, the agent's brand in front of John Adams anywhere they might be browsing. You know, uh, he may be on CNN.com, on weather.com, on Alibaba, um, on Yahoo, you know, what have you. Uh, we can now put the agent's brand in front of John Adams, uh, wherever he might be on the on the internet and on their Facebook pages. I call that proactive marketing or preemptive marketing. You're sort of going after uh, that targeted consumer even before the consumer has uh, even knows of you or has you know has come to your website because by the time they go to a website, it's typically too late. They've already either made up their mind um, or they've chosen the agent. Um, and you don't want to wait for that. We, we want to give our agents the, sort of an edge over the com- competition. So we proactively market on their behalf uh, to people anywhere they might be on the web and on their uh, social pages. In addition to direct mail, direct mail is, is a given, but this online uh, and social advertising uh, proactively uh, is sort of a game changer for most people. Right. I mean, you combine all those things and you combine the personal contact. Uh, if those folks, you know, when those folks are ready to sell, Unless their brother-in-law, Uncle Charlie or whatnot, has a real estate license, the probability of you not at least having a shot at that listing uh, is about zero. I mean, you're going to be top of mind because you've been cleverly, uh, elegantly contacting these guys. Now, does that mean you're going to take the listing? No. You still know how, have to know how to present. You need to know how to overcome objections. You need to know how to price a property. You know, you need to know how to actually sell. But you put those pieces together, this is you know, really, this is taking the game, especially as far as the, you know, tried and true, been around forever, geographic farming. This is taking a geographic farming model, and it's sort of putting a, certainly a 21st century spin on it. 
Um, and, and it makes sense. Now, the thing that I hope you guys heard was, does it make sense for everyone? And I'm sure Abby will back me up on this. It does not. If you have to stretch and you know sell body parts and body you know whatever in order to afford to do this, then you don't do it. This is something you add to your repertoire, your lead generation spokes after you've had consistent money and consistent revenue coming in. And don't go in debt for this either. I mean, do this with revenue. Do this with money you're making. This is something that you guys can look forward to. And I know a lot of you get frustrated sometimes when I have these guests on and you're salivating to subscribe, but don't subscribe it at, unless you actually can easily afford it. Um, you know, if you're in an average market, uh, average anywhere in the United States, it sounds like it's going to cost roughly six thousand dollars a year plus what it's going to cost for the collateral marketing. You know, but even at that, please be clear that you still have to you know, get off your butts and you're going to have to do something proactive to get in front of those sellers if you want to get the most return on your investment. My personal coaching clients do everything that Avi just suggested, and they go knock on the doors. Uh, sometimes they call them if they have a phone number. Those are the ones that are getting these listing appointments uh, and oftentimes converting these to sellable, uh, to, you know, sold listings. Adi, what are the other best practices that you've seen from your top users, the users that are your raving fans? What is it that they're doing that you would hope that your other subscribers start emulating? Yes, yeah, so first of all, we have two, two kinds of subscribers, I would, you know, broadly speaking. One is people who already believe in farming, and these, these people believe and know that they've done this before. They, they understand that this is uh, an investment for the long run. And, and these people, you know, they're spending time and money anyway. They use our system to focus in on the 20% that are most likely. Um, and for these people, you know, they may, some may be, you know, door knockers, some may be cold callers, some may be people who build relationships at open houses, some hold events uh, where they invite the top 20% uh, into the, you know, to that event. Uh, some run, you know, uh, don donation charity campaigns in the neighborhood and they invite the top 20%. Some would go off on a recycling drive and, and just, uh, you know, go to the houses that we identify. Some would, uh, you know, one, one interesting uh, client of ours, uh, you know, takes takes a little uh, buggy cart and goes on the neighborhood planting flags on flag day, uh, but he only plants flag, flags on the houses that we have identified. And that gets the whole neighborhood talking and, and wondering why. Uh, so people have their own uh, styles of, of prospecting, and whatever that style be, uh, you know, it, you can work with it. You don't have to change your style because, you know, you are what you do best. Uh, we let you, we help you uh, zoom in on the ones that matter most. And... Uh, you know the other the other uh, category of of uh, of our clients is uh, people that are trying to get into a, a neighborhood, uh, be it, be the new neighborhood or uh, you know be it uh, the, for the first time ever. And it's very hard as as most uh, most listing agents know, it's extremely hard to dominate to even penetrate a farm, especially when you have you know five, ten, twenty other agents in that farm. And it takes a lot of time, takes a lot of guts, and it takes a lot of money. And that's where we come in. If you're trying to break into a new farm, whether you are doing this for the first time in your life or you are a seasoned listing agent, uh, focus is important. And where we come in is, you know, give you that focus and give you automated marketing so that you can, you know, focus 100% of your time on the best people and on building relationships. So those are sort of the two broad category of, of subscribers that we have. And uh, I can say, you know, pretty confidently that, this can work with whatever style of, uh, of uh, prospecting you have, except that you have to prospect. It's not a magic pill like most of the tools. Uh, you know, you have to work it. You have to uh, make sure that you get out there and uh, you respond to leads in a very uh, you know, timely manner and you prospect the top 20% that we identify 
to whatever needs suit you best. Uh, but we'll give you a lot of tools to do so. I think, team, you pointed out we we have automated uh, you know market analysis tools in every home. Uh, you know, you can drop these off at at the door if you are if you don't want to necessarily speak to them. Uh, these are you know we have different kinds of door drop and, and door hangers that you can use in your prospecting. And by the way, each of these uh, hard pieces, if you will, have uh, have uh, you know aspects of them that we can track. So, for example, every direct mail piece and every you know, sort of door hanger has a key code uh, that is specific to that individual. And uh, when they respond to that uh, to that piece, we'll know which homeowner responded, and you'll have that visibility within your backend system um, you know, with SmartZip. So we try and collect as much data on how the marketing is doing for you. In you know, um, but of course, uh, you have to leverage that information to uh, to take it to the next level and actually have that conversation. Another interesting statistic here by the NAR. Um, this was uh, again based on member survey, and they found that two thirds of home sellers will choose the first agent they interview. So once once a, a homeowner gets an agent in the door and in, into the living room to, to talk it at, at length, in most cases they will choose the first agent they interview in two, two or three times. Um, what that tells agents is you have to be in their face when they are ready to list. Uh, and you cannot just do that overnight. You have to build it up systematically. And the smart ship system allows you to do that in a, in a very automated way. Well, to back up that stat, though, I mean, in all fairness, right, most times people are listing with people they already know. So the two-thirds of the time, they're only interviewing one person because that's the person that they already know. So, I mean, you're, we're saying the same thing, but, Bill, at the end of the day, guys, you know, as Avi's been very clear in stating, and I hope current SmartZip clients are listening, this is the CEO, the guy that basically, you know, conceived of this concept. Um, it's not just enough just to do the air support, as he said. You have to go and actually do the work. I love your ideas, too. You know, the uh, home seller seminar, That's a, that would be an awesome – you mentioned doing seminars, but, guys, I love that idea. Do a home seller seminar. We did a radio show on how to do a home seller seminar, the content to present, how to get it paid for, all that good stuff. So go back and listen to our past radio shows at realestatecoachingradio.com, and you guys can listen to uh, Julie and I talk you through that. But that would be a very cool idea, maybe going knocking on doors, giving people an invitation to actually invite them to. Um, and guys, I know, you know, and I'll be touched on this too, a lot of you guys are apprehensive to be knocking on doors and whatnot. Um, well, are you going to be apprehensive to knock on doors and whatnot if you have something of value to bring them? And more importantly, if you have these folks in your smart zip list and you weren't doing the next step and making a personal contact with them and you drive by that house and you see somebody else's sign in the yard, you only have yourself to blame. Um, so just keep that in mind. Like everything else in life, you have to be proactive and waiting around for something to happen usually gets you nothing that you would actually want to have. So Avi, are there any questions I should have asked you that I didn't? I think you brought up, uh, you know, knocking on doors or you know, cold calling them or prospecting them, and I think our system gives them gives agents a reason to to make that initial connection, right? I mean, now when you knock on a door or you, or you call up the the homeowner or you meet them at an open house or at your seminar, it's not just you know, you're not just a mysterious agent. They will know who you are because they've seen the marketing pieces, they've seen the online ads. Uh, they have seen your 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 name and, and ad on their Facebook news feed. Um, so you know in their in their minds, we have done enough touches for you with that homeowner that they you know they should recognize you. They you know they will know at least that you are an agent in the neighborhood. And if you've done it enough number of times, you've already built that subconscious level of trust. Now it's a matter of you sort of you know slam dunking it and making sure that they know that you are as much in you know great in person as you are online and in direct mail. So we've given you a reason 
you make that initial connection. Um, and that's yeah, just, really what, just make it, what, make it so when they meet you, they don't feel disappointed. That's what he's politely saying. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So I, this is very, it's very fascinating. Um, I know a lot of agents, I know you guys get this question all the time. And I also realized as I was thinking about it, it's probably impossible for you to answer, but realistically, how long does it take for someone to see, uh, actual, uh, money in the bank results? given your experience with this? So I would say on, on average, uh, people start to see uh, a systematic flow of results with, you know, after the first six months. The first six months is really sowing seeds. Um, and then you know, f- from there on forward, you, you start to see a lot more traction, a lot more leads coming in, a lot more follow-throughs happening, etc. Now, that's not to say that you know, there are lots of instances of people that get results in, on the first meeting or in the first three months. Uh, but, you know, if you were to look at what the norm is, what, what the averages are, I think the six-month window uh, would be the right place to start expecting, um, you know, results to, you know, to, to start showing themselves. Uh, and this, this, this whole system is not meant to be a flash in the pan. This is meant to help you systematically dominate and, and build up your presence in that neighborhood. So it's going to pay off for years to come. It's not just, you know, for the first year or for the first six months. We the whole purpose of this is to lay the seeds so that you know for the for you know f- uh, forthcoming future you will start to build that um, uh, the, the dominance that you uh, that you're looking to build um, and you know this is farming at its very best it's it's about uh, making sure that people in that neighborhood know who you are uh, and you're not spending the time and money on the wrong people um, you know everybody lives at some point in the future most people will list at some point in the future you're going after people that are most likely to list in the next six to twelve months and that's where the the twenty percent uh, predicted target comes into play we are we are fo- focusing you in on the right twenty percent um, and then the, the data is updating every day i mean we are uh, you know we get fresh data feeds from all our suppliers um, some daily some weekly some monthly uh, so you can rest assured that we will you know always give you put you in front of the right people and on a monthly basis we update your target list so that uh, you know you know exactly that people who have just refinanced for example or who have just listed their home they will automatically move to the bottom of the pile and then you can come into the system and use your own knowledge if you've talked to somebody and they have point blank told you that you know i'm not interested in listing for this this, and this reason you can go into a backing system and you can suppress that homeowner so that they will never see your marketing ever again so you can also control who is in the top 20 percent by telling our system what you know um so all in all again as you pointed out tim it's it's a tool uh, i think it's a great tool and uh, you know it's uh, in the right hands it gets great results I love it. It's elegant. It's one. Of, it's exactly what we always ask for our best, uh, you know, our coaching students to look for. It's elegant solutions like this. So everyone who's interested in obviously exploring uh, SmartZip, we're going to make it easy for you. In the show's description, like always, we're going to include a link that you can just click on and basically get all the information that you want. I know a lot of you um, who we've interviewed, um, you know, uh, Terry um, on our radio show before from SmartZip. He's, you know, a lot of you guys were very receptive to what he had to say, and now I'm certain that you're also uh, really ready to take action after listening to Avi. So click on that link, and in the meantime, Avi, I really appreciate you being my co-host today. I appreciate you not shying away from some of the drill-down questions some of my interviewees do, and uh, it was great. Thank you very much. This pleasure is all mine. Thank you, listeners. Uh, thank you for your audience. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please feel free to call, uh, call SmartZip or just uh, you know, shoot us an email. Thank you all again. Cool. Merry Christmas, everyone, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. Happy holidays. 
This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.